Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. Welcome back to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. We've all heard the sayings in the fire service, and this is the one I don't like a lot. I really think it's kind of kind of lame. Um, I've used it in some of my articles for the Firehouse Tribune, but I've used it because it does make sense. To me, it's just, it's lame at the same time. So I'm just going to be honest, open honest, my thoughts on it, but putting the wet stuff on the red stuff, as they say, is a thing that's been said many years. People would say it. Um, it's true. It's basic as it sounds, as lame as it, as it sounds. It's true, but we have to understand there's more to that statement than just that statement alone. What do I mean by that? You just put water on the fire, puts it out. That's true in theory. That's true. But what is the real basics behind that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. The importance of fire flow in today's fire service. Every firefighter on the fire ground. From the nozzle firefighter, the company officer, to people making tactical decisions on how to attack the fire. All the way to the chief officer, the IC, overseeing and defending these operations. All should have one thing. A basic understanding of fire flow and ways to determine fire flow requirements based on the building they are operating in. This is why I said it's a lame statement. It's an easy statement. Yeah, it's a true statement. But there's a lot more that goes into just putting water on fire. And just in what I said alone about understanding fire flow and the building we are operating in all goes back to understanding building construction, understanding fire behavior, understanding reading smoke, understanding company operations, understanding how those areas affect the building, how the building affects those areas. It all goes back to that. The bread and butter of the fire service operations all goes back to the areas we don't really focus on a lot when we become firefighters. Ironic as that sounds. But we have to know how to determine fire flow because determining fire flow is determining the success at the end of the rate of which you're going to put the fire out. So, what is the main goal of fire flow? The main goal of fire flow is simple, just like it's simple by putting the wet stuff on the red stuff, is to cool the evolved combustibles, dropping them below the temperature at which they produce ignitable vapors and heat to support fire growth. Cooling particles of combustion. Simple as that. Again, simple. Everything is simple in theory, so you have to apply it. So how is this done? Simple, right? Put the wet stuff on the red stuff. Put the water on the fire. Put the fire up. Cool the combustibles lower than it needs to produce ignitable vapors and heat to support fire growth, right? Simple. Well, how do you do it? There's two ways you can do it. So by fire suppression. And the two ways done by fire, fire suppression is what? In directly attacking the fire. 
and indirectly attacking the fire. Two ways. Put the fire up. Simple. It's still simple. It is still simple as conceptually as I'm seeing it right now. Broken down. Still simple. But. What is direct attack? A direct attack is flowing water directly on burning solid materials. That's what indirect attack is. If you don't know what it is, that's what it is. An indirect fire attack is flowing water onto the overhead smoke layer and the thermal layer to disrupt the flow of heat and combustible gases. Disrupt the thermal layer. You want to be careful when you do that, but disrupting the thermal layer, trying to stop that flow of heat. Two ways. Normally, when you see people hit doing a lot of different fire fire suppression tactics, a lot of them are doing an indirect attack. They hit it, bang it off the ceiling, bang it off the wall, let it, let it drip down to the fire, a couple quick bursts. Hit it, boom, move, keep going. You know? Go to the room. Cool the articles of combustion before you enter the room. Cool the door as you're coming. Start cooling the floor and cooling the ceiling as you're making your way down that hallway. Indirectly attacking. Cooling the door. Cooling that door. Buying yourself time to push back that heat and push back that smoke. In theory. And buying yourself more time to cool that area so you can get into the into the into the fire room and you can do your attack <coughs> and cool everything in the room so you can get to that seat of the fire. You can put that fire up. Understanding the fire flow. But there's more to it. Because we need to know why. It is important to understand the fire flow. This is, we need to know the why before we can do this, but why do we need to do it is very, very important. And it all starts from many years ago in the fire service. Many years ago. 30, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. And we have to talk about heat release rate. Heat release rate is the time, the amount of time needed for a given fuel, depending on its mass, to produce enough energy, also known as heat, to influence combustion. Now, back before we had all this particle board and dimensional lumbers and glue, fire flow is calculated at 95 and 125 gallons per minute for a safe and efficient fire flow. Nowadays, due to changes in society, Fire service in society, keeping up. Fire service keeping society. Understanding 95, 125 gallons per minute is not going to cut it in the fire flow with the heat release rate. Why? For a safe and efficient fire flow, now it's calculated at 150 to 200 gallons per minute. Because of what? Flashed over, releasing in less than four minutes. You understand that fire growth model. You understand that back in the day, flash over conditions with estimated 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes more. But now you're seeing with this new modern buildings that they're coming out with, especially the trust, wood frame, trust construction, a lot of open void spaces and everything else, and really cheap material, and a lot more energy built into houses because of the non-natural substances you're putting into the building. But... Because of that, flash was reaching a lot faster, around four minutes, four or five minutes. And you can look up the UL studies on it. It's right there. 
Real study, I did one. That's where his numbers come from. But I don't want to talk about building construction. I don't want to talk about the transition from legacy construction into the development of the modern day lightweight construction truss, as well as hybrid construction. What is hybrid construction? Hybrid construction is you say you have a type two construction, you make an which is what non combustible, limited combustible structure, exposed steel, concrete, brick, exposed exposed steel, and you have a, an addition added to it or a renovation to it. They are going to start using lightweight truss construction in there or very lightweight steel truss construction. Hybrid, you're blending two types of construction together. And like I said, it's also due to plastics. I said before, putting more energy into the building. Plastics, look in your house. Look in your house and look at all the stuff that is a synthetic material. I'm looking at a ton as I sit in my office doing this podcast. I have, I definitely know this table is not 100% wood. It's not 100% natural material. I know the computer, the laptop I'm using, the printer, my Echelon bike and all my stuff. That's all not natural. It's all plastics and other engineered types of materials put in there. Things we got to keep in mind. Things we got to keep in mind. But these, these have a combustion rate three times of traditional class A combustibles. Three times higher. Plastics and all these other types of things are three times higher than traditional non-A class combustibles. Plastics are derived from petrocarbons, also known as hydrocarbons, and are found in almost every consumer product that we are on the market today. And yes, we've seen that. We're starting to see things in the health world, I'm going to divert for a second, where they're starting to say plastic isn't good, you know, BPA-free shit. But at the same time, more companies in other countries are using glass because of the fact Plastics are really, in a sense, no good for a lot of different things, but just for what we're talking about, yes, it's also no good for firefighters and fire suppression. Just throwing that part out there a little bit. But however, however, with the creation and advancements in modern computer-aided dispatching systems, with fire departments arriving sooner to alarms for many different reasons. Some departments still aren't because of lack of staffing, lack of manpower on the volunteer side, just lack of time to get there. It's still having those flashovers. You get there, it's flashovers still. Most of the times you're going into a fully involved structure fire and you, the room's flashed before you got there. But there are studies going out there showing that firefighters, fire departments are getting there before because of all this aided technology. And the smart homes and everything else are helping with the advancement of our responses to calls. And because of that, because of all this modern aided technology plus, plus, plus sprinkler systems and everything else that are being added to structures is helping fire departments arrive sooner to alarms. And at times, the entry, you're making a safe time the fire, at the same time, the fire is reaching flashover conditions. So you're getting it around the same time. Sometimes before, sometimes during, sometimes after. And I have seen situations, personally, where we arrived just as flashover conditions were occurring. And we were making entry and having to come right out. Because we had no chance in these situations. But... Got the job done. 
in any sense, in any sense. You have to determine your ever so important earth. And I just kind of want to spiel for a little rant for a second. But you have to determine your ever so important fire flow. And you have to consider these factors. These factors when you determine your fire flow. If you're out there and you're a company officer, you're, you're a chauffeur, you're, you're a nozzleman, you're on an engine. You have to understand fire flow. And here's how we're going to do it. The size and type of the structure. Is it residential, commercial, industrial? The size, the type, structure. And look at what it is. What is your water supply and where is your water supply? Are you working off a tender or are you working off a hydrant not too far from the scene and you're able to tap right into that water supply? You, can, you know you can have 500 gallons instead of 150 gallons. I'll go, I'll go with those two numbers on your engine. You can buy you time to stretch a line using tank water while you get that line set. You get that established water supply set up and you know it's a good water supply and just like the piece I said tank size and pump capability that's your other piece how much water are you, plump, are you coming with because you might not be able to hit that hydrant right away and we know that you might have to get in there and, and, and make that push and, just, and knock on that fire first as you can protect the exposures interior exposures So knowing what and where your water supplies come from plays a part in your apparatus tank size and your pump capacity. But it also goes into your crew size. It goes into your crew size. Are you a career department riding five? Are you a career department riding four? Are you a volley department and you're just scrambling today and you have three? A driver, an officer, and one firefighter in the back. All that's going to determine how you're going to make how you're going to make that initial stretch, and we talked about that. That's a discussion on many levels, but it all goes into determining the fire flow calculation and what you're going to what line you're going to pull, inch and a half, inch and three quarter, two and a half. What you're going to do? It all goes into it. And that was my next part. The next factor is your hose and your nozzle. Task force tip: smooth bore. Combination, whatever you want to go into. I'm not going to go into all this. Seven eighths, whatever. That's for your the company. For you to decide. Got to can put in consideration at that moment. Understand it. Put it in your SOPs. Put it in your SOGs. Put it in your pre-incident planning. Size up. Have some game plan. Practice it. If we show up to this commercial structure, ten thousand square feet. And it's loaded with computer systems all through the floor. The whole floor is just computer systems everywhere. Those big mo- those big modems, I guess they're called. Loaded up, and that place lights up. It's a lot of heat. It's a lot of energy being pulled off. It's a Type 2 construction, and that thing's just going. It's been going for days. Not days. Hours. So yeah, I don't know I can't put days. It's just been going. Just lit up. Train on that. Make that a scenario. Understand what you may have to do. There's your type of structure. It's a commercial structure. It's a type 2 structure. It's 10,000 square feet. Where's your water supply? Well, we know we have a water supply 100 feet down the street. 
we're going to pass it coming in. We're going to tap into that. We're going to float forward to that. We're going to have our engine, engine one, or whatever you want to call it, stretch that line in. They're probably going to have to put a two and a half. Because we are a career department, we have the manpower for that. Volunteer department, we're going to have to get a little slick on how we're going to work that because we know we have to pull a two and a half. We're going to have to practice that. We're going to have to get comfortable with it. We're going to have to make sure we are ready to fight that type of fire, use that type of hose line, and, and be able to understand that we can control that type of pressures coming through that nozzle. Because we may have three guys. We may have four guys. And we're going to practice those scenarios over and over and over. Because we need to be ready for situations that don't always occur because those are the ones that bite you in the ass. So how do I wrap this one up? You need to remember one thing. With everything being said, you need to remember one thing about this whole scenario. Your minimum fire flow must be capable of absorbing the maximum potential heat release rate to immediately prevent the fire from transitioning to the flash over stage. If you catch it before in the fully in the growth stage, or just before it gets to fully involved, it's still going and it has not flashed. If your minimum flow rate can absorb the maximum potential heat release rate, you've done your job. You've done your job. Fire flow must be greater than the heat release rate. And I'm going to put this article there in the show notes. I wrote a few years ago for the firesmeet.com. But the show notes, you can read it, you can study it, go over it. But that's what it is. You got to understand the importance. This is the importance of fire flow in today's fire service. It's not getting to the nitty gritty of every single hand line and every single nozzle and everything else that goes into it. But it's talking about why you need to understand it and how to set that up for your failures and your successes on the fire ground to prevent further catastrophe, further fire flow, fire spread in structures. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. All the numbers could work on that in your firehouse on your time. Understanding why it's important. You could explain that to the generations coming up and training them to understand why these things are important is what is the most valuable piece of all the information out there. And also, you could pick up the book, The Five-Tool Firefighter, as well. You can read the book. It talks about this as well. It talks about all this stuff in The Five-Tool Firefighter book and The Five-Tool Firefighter Tactical Workbook. You can learn it. You can live it. You become the Five-Tool Firefighter, well-rounded firefighter in the tactical work. Scenario-based situations. All five, six types of construction, three written three different ways. Three ways. Every type of construction has three scenarios. The scenarios are exactly the same. Type one scenarios are exact three type one scenario type one construction scenarios are exactly the same. Same with two, three, four, five, and hybrid. The difference is you're staffing on all of them. And some of the questions are different in each scenario. Think about that. It makes you think. Makes you become part of the game. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Fire Tribune's YouTube channel. 
And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast, like this podcast, rate this podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, Amazon Music. Check it out. It's all on there. Wherever else you listen to it. Like it, share it, rate it. Help us get the algorithm up. Support us. Support the book. Support the mission. Help us out with some friends of ours. Origin USA, Jocko Fuel. 10% off either one using this promo code FHJabrina. Check out. You get 10% off of anything in the Origin USA store and anything in the Jocko Fuel store. Anything. I personally like vitamin D. I like the Jocko Go. I like the Mulk. And the greens. The greens are now in peach as well. If you don't like the pina colada, you got peach. If you like it, it's great. Healthy. Keeps you in the game. If you also want to look good on and off duty, Frontline Optics, shades for first responders, developed by first responders right at this great old, good old San Diego, California. Beautiful San Diego, California. Check them out. To protect your eyes. Protecting your eyes are very important as a firefighter to keep your eyes shaded, but keep your eyes protected from those harmful UV rays. And... From whatever else may be flying into them. Dust. What else? When you're in work or not. Frontline Optics. Check them out. 15% off using the promo code FHJabrina. Check out. It's supporting first responders as well because the first responder own business. And lastly, if you like coffee, as many of us firefighters love coffee, and I'm about to make myself a good cup of coffee right now, why do I have to do it off this podcast? But go to firesandme.com. Check out the link. FDC. Red button. FDC. Fire Department Coffee. Check them out. Support them. Get yourself some fire department coffee. First responder owned fire department coffee. Supporting first responders and veterans of this great nation that we live in. And lastly, Steve Green, our brother, the president of the Fire Alarm Task Force Corp. 501c3 organization, first responders, helping first responders in their time of need. Steve is raising money left and right to help first responders in their time of need. Matter of fact, he's doing research right now to help first responders. One just happened, I believe, in Indiana. I think that's where it was that he, he was sending some money to. Lost their, fan, lost their whole house on Easter. But that's what Steve's doing. Sending money right to them. So that's what Steve does. That's what the mission of the Fire, Fire Alarm Task Force Corp is. To help first responders in their time of need. So check it out. Donate to them. Help them where you can. Five bucks, ten bucks, does not matter. Buy a t-shirt, buy a mug. It goes to a great cause. It goes to us to help us. Could help you one day. Let the department. God forbid it. Hopefully it doesn't. But that's what it's there for. So check it out. Don't forget to get the book, The Five Tool Firefighter. Five Tool Firefighter, Tactical Workbook. It's out. Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Firehousetribune.com slash shop. That's the best place to get it. So get it from me, directly from me. Usually ship times are same day. So with that, I'm going to close it out. Study hard. Become one with this department. Become one with what you're doing. Train hard every single day. Be there for those you serve with, serve along with, and those that need our help. That's what we're here for. And as always, as we say, until next time, work hard, stay safe, and as always, live inspired. Thank you for tuning in to 
today's episode of the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please leave us a rating. And don't forget to pick up the book, The Five Tool Firefighter, available on Amazon at thefirehousetribune.com. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired.